Hello everyone and welcome to the 6th TA playlist, the official game club of TrueAchievements.com. I'm Kevin, aka Eurydice, and I'll be leading the podcast this month. I am, of course, joined by my co-host Mark, gamertag not Penny's Boat. Welcome everyone, Mark. Hello again. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, <laughs> Will, who's normally our third co-host, uh, you know, the one that we don't like quite as much, but he's he's a red-headed stepchild. We still have him here. He's part of the family. He couldn't make it though due to uh, some difficulties. Quick side notes. First off, I'm Will, aka one of the co-hosts of TA Playlist, and also the editor of this here program. Second of all, I'm sorry that I wasn't featured on this month's episode. Dark Souls just kicked my ass, and honestly, I wasn't into it. Spoiler alert, I'm sorry, hence the reason why I'm not here. And Kevin is my number one fan. I don't know what happened. He's obsessed with me, and it's perfectly fine. Regardless, I'll be back next month, so I'll see you then, and I hope you enjoyed this month's episode. Never fear. There's a lot to talk about, and we're going to have some great discussion. So this is the September 2017 podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, this is a community-driven show where the lively True Achievements users vote on games to play each month, and then hundreds to thousands of us spend all of the month breaking down the game in the forums, comparing achievements, and then we all wrap it up with this podcast. If you're wondering how you can contribute in the future to the voting so that the game you want to play gets picked, you just head over to trueachievements.com on the 15th of every month, and that's when the poll goes up. A vote, maybe everyone will agree with you. September's lineup put Dark Souls against Mafia 3, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, and Need for Speed 2015. Needless to say, Dark Souls kind of ran away with the voting. They earned 40% of the total vote. Mafia 3 came in second, and then the other two, they didn't do that well. You'll see Mafia 3 again in January because that's our next second chance month where all the games that got second in the previous four months come back to haunt us or give us joy depending on what wins. And if you want to vote for Mafia 3, be sure to pop in in the middle of December when that poll goes up. But enough about those other games. Today we're going to talk about one of the most polarizing games we've had on the podcast and probably one of the most polarizing games in general. We've all heard of Dark Souls. Undoubtedly, it's it's pretty much unavoidable. It's got this like zealot fan base that tells you you need to get better and then that Dark Souls is the best thing ever made and you just don't understand. And so I'll give you guys a little bit of background. It was developed in 2011 by From Software. It's actually the second game in the Souls series, uh, but the first one on Xbox. The first was called Demon Souls, and by all accounts, Dark Souls is a worthy successor. So that's where we are going to start in this series. I do want to give a special thank you to Clowntastic. He's a he's a true achievements member, and he wrote the excellent walkthrough on TA that helped tons and tons of us, uh, myself, and I think Mark, you used it too, right? Yep. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> yeah, this month wouldn't have been nearly as successful if it weren't for his work. And I also want to thank everyone who contributed throughout the month. Well, one of the things Playlist is all about is really playing the game together, and this month more than others I think you know that actually happened so I'm very happy with that and of course the feedback was fantastic as well as always so I guess before we begin Mark how did you feel about Dark Souls before you started it uh, it was sort of a death sentence for me honestly <laughs> um, you know we we agreed months and months ago that it was going to be on a poll eventually and you know on the surface I, I agreed with you because you were the one that suggested that it go up there even though at the time you weren't much of a fan either we'll get into how our opinions changed but we all agreed that it should go up there and when it went up with the the other three games that it did I had pretty much begun to accept the fact that it was it was going to win and I was going to have to get used to the idea of playing it for the first time ever and wasn't really looking forward to it and then I missed basically the first week of the month because I was at PAX West and then I had to write a bunch of stuff coming back from PAX West so I didn't start it till maybe September 8th or so so I felt really far behind and um, yeah I don't want to spoil everything yet but my, it did a lot of things some some in like a meta context for me that that I really appreciate from it but at, at when we first set out to do it it was yeah I was on death row just like waiting for the execution basically <laughs> and for me I had actually tried to start playing many years ago I didn't get that far I think the uh the moonlight butterfly boss which is one of the very beginning bosses is really easy I, I bugged out and I got stuck and I just said you know screw this game and anger you know I didn't understand it. I was trying to play without a walkthrough at all so you know it'd been slow like 15 hours to get to like this early boss and it just I just couldn't do it I hated it said this series is horrible I never want to play it again and then proceeded to go through my life imagining that I would never play it again and telling all the fans I spoke to that they were incomprehensible but I knew that you know we want to promote all types of games on playlist and this one clearly has a ton of fans so we wanted to give it an option at least to be on there and you know with how much they discuss the game you know I figured there'd be plenty to discuss so at least it would be a good pick as far as discussion throughout the month goes so that's that's why that came on there even though none of 
of us wanted to play it. At, at least we're willing to sacrifice for everyone. It, anyway, I was hopeful. You know, I wanted to be positive about it, but I expected to come away disappointed, to be honest. Moving forward, normally we'd open up with the story. <laughs> well, well, I, I wanted to give a, a, another, you know, I had a special thanks plan for Clowntastic as well, because like you said, there were hundreds and hundreds of posts in the forums and so many people were reliant upon Clowntastic's fantastic TA guide. I think from now on, actually, when we do this monthly, every game that needs and has a TA walkthrough, which is probably the vast majority of them that we'll ever do, I'm going to try to alert people to the guides that we have on there. And hopefully they're always as organized and as detailed as Clowntastic's. At times, his was actually too organized for me because I wasn't going for an achievement completion. It wasn't the type of game where I I cared about all that. But for those that sought that completion, this guide is just fantastic. I, I can't see many online, if any, being better than I think his. I think Clontastic's a guy. So yeah, thanks again to him. And then also on, on more to your point regarding the story, a lot of people were in agreement that Dark Souls doesn't have a story or it hides its story or it barely has a story and it hides it anyways. Um, and, and Algorithm in the forums, who's who's with us pretty much every month, he had a lot to say about that. And I would just, just as we would suggest anyone who's going to play Dark Souls new after this show, perhaps, and you know, just as those people should head over and check out the, the guide from Clowntastic. If, if you're if you're still wondering about the story, you're listening to this, you participate all month, you still have no idea what the hell was going on, like I feel like I think Kevin feels maybe. Um, Algorithm had a lot to say about that regarding just the difference of like sort of a difference of culture, I guess, between how like this Japanese game decided to tell its story per their traditions and how a Western audience like the majority of us playing sort of consumed that story and maybe missed a lot of the points. I wanted to start with this quote. I'm going to read a quote to you, Kevin, from the forums. And for the first time, I won't tell you who it's from. And you tell me if you know who said this. Okay. okay? I've not experienced any story at all so far other than, quote, I've heard something might happen if you ring two bells, unquote. Frankly, I have almost no clue about what's going on or why. (laughs) You know who said that? that. (laughs) Yeah, that was you. (laughs) I guess my question is, you you could try to do your Kevin explains it all moment. But if maybe if that's still how you feel, that that would be a difficult task. And just, I guess, in general, just where do you stand with the story having played it for dozens of hours now? Well, I mean, I can explain it all in that basically I'd give a summary of the opening cutscene, which, you know, says the world was drilled by dragons. And then this guy named Gwyn, he pops up and discovers fire and Lord Souls. And then he creates the Age of Fire. And then something bad happens and the Age of Dark happens and all the humans become undead. And that's that's basically the end of the story for me. You know, the game does tell you, like I said, go ring those bells. No idea why I ring those bells at all. Uh, I guess it opened up a new area, but how that was connected at all, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, the next objective is to go collect like a bowl and then get some souls from bosses. And then I can either rule the world or, or save it or something like that. I mean, that's that seems to be the gist of the story that I understood while playing. And there's there's really not anything there. I, I will admit, I you know, I was asking multiple times during the month in the forums, like, you know, to, to all these people that clearly really love the story and them talking about there's clearly a lot there. And I just kept expecting it to, to pop up somewhere while playing the game and it never did. And so I was asking them, you know, where do I find this story? You know, it's it's in there somewhere. I believe you, but I, I couldn't find it. And so it seems to me at least that it's it all comes from like reading item descriptions and just all the little bits of lore everywhere. And you have to kind of discover everything. So I'm I'm not sure that that, that is something that I really appreciate, to be honest. Yeah. And I, I wonder if, you know, like algorithm said it's a difference of cultural direction in terms of storytelling so i i can appreciate that i I take his word for it he he knows a lot about a lot as we found in in his forum posts when when he dives into a subject that he enjoys he usually has a big long wall of text that's always interesting to read so i thank him for that and he he provided more of that regarding this yeah according to algorithm it's called kishu tenketsu i think i'm pronouncing that right i think in japanese you have to hit like every vowel like that from what i gathered from what he said it's basically their approach dictates that they almost like pride themselves on being covert in their details and, and they'll they kind of just it's 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 almost like breadcrumbs for for players to find themselves whereas in western audiences we want a clear beginning middle and end where you know story points are wrapped up at the end and I, that just wasn't what dark souls was going for and it, it is strange to hear like oh yeah a, bunch, a lot of the story comes from item descriptions that's that's what a lot of people said and i and i found myself looking out for that every time i picked up an item you know you, you can you can read a lot about these different items 
items, but there were so many points. It was like trying to map like stars in the universe. Like there, there are so many spread out so far that it's tough to find the constellations, I guess, if I want to keep up with that <laughs> metaphor. It, I came away knowing basically nothing about it. And I, I didn't mind because I, I wasn't ever playing it for story anyways. I mean, I almost always do play games for story, but this was a special case for me where it was assigned and we had to sit down and do it. And I think story is not a strong point, although we, you know, we hear, heard from plenty of people that disagree. Yeah. I came away knowing nothing. <laughs> yeah, I would I would definitely agree that story is not a strong point in this game. It, it clearly works for a certain type of people. So I, I'm not trying to disparage, you know, their joy in this story at all. There's clearly something there for some people. But for me, and it sounds like you too, I think that star analogy is actually really good. But I mean, I see it as just kind of like a mystery that you have to, to work through and you investigate each little detail and then you've got to work really hard to put it all together. And for a lot of people, especially imagine when the game came out, this was a community effort. You know, you probably could have gone to Reddit or, you know, other, you know, gaming forums and people would have been discussing the lore specifically, you know, here's how this fits together. And then someone else would have remembered some other item they read and then put them all together. It's, it doesn't seem like something that one person alone would really be able to do. And I, I think, you know, watching, I watched a little bit of the YouTube videos that I think uh, Wu linked or Vsoli or maybe both of them. And they, everything like clearly comes together in the end, but how you get there is not something that playing alone or even with a small group, it seems like really works. There's not really a story there to appreciate unless you, you really, really work for it. And that's not something that I particularly enjoy, especially since I normally don't care for gaming stories much anyway. Uh, it's just not something I would ever work towards. It's it's not something I enjoy doing. Yeah, it, it, feels, uh, it feels almost like an ARG in a way, like an alternate reality game, you know, where you kind of need to crowdsource all the details because you're not going to get them all yourself. I, I could imagine people that are huge fans of this game. Um, I bet some people in the forums might even relate to this. That, you know, they, they might be a huge fan having played it multiple times and still have gaps in like their narrative understanding. And, you know, it wouldn't really be to any fault of theirs. It's not picking on them to say that. I think it's it's that you would have to go on like a, a, the Dark Souls subreddit or deep into our, our TA forums this month or, you know, NeoGet, whatever it might have been. I, I think a lot of people have a lot of details on their own, but then oftentimes like there's some, I mean, there's going to be some overlap, of course, but then there's there's also still a lot of gaps between people. It's it's funny that, you know, Algorithm, I've mentioned him a couple of times already. He, at one point he did say it's a very complex story. That's a direct quote from him. And then we also had another person, um, Misfit119. He, I, I want to read from him. He basically said the lore of the story is his favorite thing about it. And he said, a lot of the biggest praise for Dark Souls beyond the opinion of people just really enjoying the game is that of the world building and lore. If you collect all the equipment and read the descriptions, just sifting through them, you can tell so much about the world. Then the conversations with NPCs, as well as what you can find while doing things you really shouldn't do, just gives the game this feeling of a world where you're learning so much about it. To me, in the end, that's what makes Dark Souls so mesmerizing. It's thin on story, sometimes annoying, sometimes cheap and intensely prone to trial and error situations, but I'll always come back to the series to obsess over its lore. I, I find that interesting because, uh, you know, he even agrees it's thin on story, but he obsesses over its lore. And I, I feel like those are almost inseparable, but I guess lore is more of like the world building. And in that way, you can appreciate it separately. I don't know. Do I, you agree? I do. And that actually is a really good segue to where I wanted to go next, which was the world building. I think the world is is kind of incredible. And obviously there is lore that kind of backs it up. But, you know, for me, well, I, I guess the address quote before I really get into what I wanted to say about world building, I, I do think that there is a distinguishable difference there. I, I don't think that lore, I mean, lore is story, but it's a different type of story. It's the backstory and it's the main story by itself is is not worth anything if you don't have the backstory. But thinking back to like Life is Strange, you know, Life is Strange is a story about, you know, the one girl, Max, gets her powers and moves forward with that. But you've got this backstory of, you know, what happened to her and Chloe in the past, all these relationships at the school and all that stuff. And without all that stuff, the game would have been really horrible. It, it needs that. Every story does. Well, almost every story does to put it in context. Dark Souls is just heavily weighted into lore and not very much actual story that moves forward. So I, I think I think there is a lot there to appreciate. In terms of the world building, I, I didn't pull the quote from from Kentaris from our friend Sam, but I did see him mention it. Uh, well, of course, I pulled all the other quotes because he consistently gives us good feedback, though. So we'll hear from him again later. But I did see him mention that he wasn't being drawn into the world building, but he in the lore, I guess. But he didn't mind that because he never expected to anyways. He called it, I think, a 
like a generic D&D universe. I kind of feel the same way. I'm, I think I've said before, I'm almost never into fantasy. I, the Witcher 3 kind of got me into fantasy and now my fiance and I watch Game of Thrones. Those those are basically the only two fantasy uh, properties that I'll, that I'll dive into. And I didn't see a lot in Dark Souls that made it feel special in terms of in terms of like this dark fantasy universe or whatever you might want to classify it as. Like, you know, for example, several of the bosses are basically just reskins. You know, I guess that could be more of like a gameplay handcuff that, you, you know, you can't, they, they were working within their own constraints. And so a lot of the bosses are basically like the old like Mortal Kombat uh, reskins. I, I wasn't drawn into any of it really. I and kind of like Sam, but I was okay with it because I never really expected to be. And maybe that's self-fulfilling prophecy, but just the general aesthetic of Dark Souls, I can see that it, it's worth appreciating if you're into that sort of thing. I'm, I'm never really into that sort of thing. Darksiders again, which we did a few months ago. You know, it's a, it's a different aesthetic, but in both cases, they weren't ever calling out for me. And so I never <laughs> picked up that phone. I guess to be clear, how far into the game did you actually manage to get? It's tough to say because, you know, we spoke a couple weeks ago and I was stuck at the, was it the Stray Demon, I think, which again is, is just a reskin basically of a different demon earlier in the yeah. game. I, <laughs> so I was stuck on the Stray Demon for the longest time and I reached out in the forums. People gave me some great advice. Some people were posting videos. I think V Sully and Grand Noble, a couple of people were posting um, videos like, here, try this. Clowntastic's guide obviously had uh, here, try this video. You you gave me some here, try this. <laughs> and so I tried all those things and none of them were working for me. So I was basically stuck at that point. And you said, well, you can skip that one. And I, that's a point I want to talk about in a minute. You can maybe get, get to it in your response. So you can maybe touch on that part too, because I am curious. I came away not fully understanding just how much of this game is skippable in that way. It's like you told me, just skip the stray demon. And then I think you even said I could skip the next character too. But basically once the stray demon beat me into the ground time after time, I decided to kind of take a more organic approach to the game because like, like I think you said a lot of the times throughout the month, like, oh, it's not as hard as people say it is. And I hadn't rebutted to that point yet because I wanted to save it for the show. But I feel like with, with us playing with a guide, that sort of negates a lot of what people found difficult with this when they first played it, you know? But at that point, I basically went through with no guide and just started exploring the world. Pretty much made no more progress after that. I mean, you know, I, I saw more parts of the world that became available or maybe were already available. The vertical labyrinth of Dark Souls is fascinating, but um, definitely confusing as well. So yeah, in terms of like story progression or just game progression, I basically didn't get past the stray demon because of the difficulties that I was having. You know, I didn't get good enough, but um, I did see more of the game after that. Just, you know, I literally just saw it basically. I just kind of walked around exploring it, getting killed here and there, collecting my souls over and over again. Well, this, there's a lot to unpack there. I will say, I mean, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I realize that. Sorry. <laughs> the reason I asked, you know, how far you got is going back to the whole generic fantasy world thing. I, I don't really agree with that with this game. I play a lot of fantasy games. The vast majority of them are generic fantasy worlds, and Dark Souls to me is a lot different. Obviously, it is a fantasy story, so it, it works within that genre. It's got castles, it's got monsters, etc. But it kind of ends there. Dark Souls, well, its world is is very tied to its atmosphere, and its atmosphere is one of like isolation and loneliness. You've got some multiplayer aspects where you know players can leave messages on the ground, which I thought was really neat. But for the most part, you're alone in this world. You know, you can summon like a couple people, but they're only there for a while and then they leave. So you have to move through here. It's it feels like a gigantic world with almost no life to it. It it is so lonely, and I, I think that's quite a lot different. You might go out into areas with no humans, but you come back to the hub and you've got like jovial merchants and that kind of thing. And like even Dark Souls kind of has that, but these people are just grim, and the the colors are are grim in that area. So it doesn't it doesn't really feel like a safe place where you can come home to. Firelink Shrine doesn't. It just feels like a place where you know you have to go sometimes, and then you venture out into this like grim, destroyed world. And then I, I guess again moving back to why I asked how far you got. Then you get to eventually in Orlando, and that's where my opinion of the world and the game in general really changed. That place when you first get there, anyone who who did get there would see that you just have this like incredible vista of this vast, like really rich, amazing looking city, and it's been right next to you this entire time, and you never knew it. You enter the world like on top of the wall and just looking over the city and I just stopped and looked at it and even for a 2011 Xbox 360 game it looked really really good kind of awe-inspiring which you rarely get in games nowadays I just I guess was not expecting it and it still felt lonely it felt almost like an empty 
city just full of like demons and stuff it, a whole way this whole game is kind of sad the world is but at the same time it, it was so different you know and just the the amazement of actually seeing it really drove home the point that this world is is something special most games aren't able to do that yeah i think i i know there's a few other points um i asked you to address but before you hit on those uh i did want to say in regards to what you just said if i did use the word generic i, I think you've either changed my mind or you know proved me wrong i don't think generic is right because i i guess what i was speaking to is just some of the bosses just being it's like sub-zero and scorpion just one's blue one's yellow kind of thing but yeah generic's not right in in the world i absolutely agree that there's a certain atmosphere to it you know as reviewers we all have certain inherent biases that we kind of have to squash i think um i don't think that's controversial to say and i think one of my inherent biases with when i approach any game whether i'm reviewing or just playing because even when i'm just playing i'm kind of looking at it from a reviewer's lens and especially with playlist where we have to do this show i think dark souls totally nails its atmosphere and, and one of my inherent biases is games that can accomplish that task of, of putting you in a time and place and making you really like soak in that world and dark souls definitely has that i you know so often just that weird quiet of the world when you're just roaming around and you only really hear your uh your armor clanking and you know the the occasional enemies pop up and change that but just like the in-betweens mostly when it's everything's just so quiet and somber and you're right there's like an air of like sadness over everybody it's definitely special in that way um maybe i'm just canceling out what i just said a moment ago but you just made me realize if i did use the word generic i definitely shouldn't have it's it's not really what i was going for it it's it's got something special in that regard for sure yeah and i will address all your other points but one other thing i wanted to talk about was that i i think that that isolation that atmosphere really worked with the gameplay well too and you know we'll go into gameplay a bit more later on but don't think it's unfair to say that this game tries to be very hard and very dangerous at all times and so this feeling of isolation really helps towards that i think you know at the beginning of the game at least mentally defeats which is, is actually not a reference to uhh which i don't think you would get but others listening might that's not what this is i do think that like you know players who begin this game it, the atmosphere is so isolated and so lonely and so dark and grim that it puts you in a, in a mood of just like you know utter desperation and then when you're dying over and over again i i think that's part of the reason that players quit so quickly because it just seems like not worth it because the world itself doesn't seem like it's worth fighting for I mean, do you do you agree with that? Do you think that's maybe a thing? I think one of my one of my main leftover points coming away, like we're actually recording this podcast on the last day of September. Uh, that's the latest we've ever recorded. So I guess the stats later will be about as accurate as they can be. One of the questions I had for myself going into this recording and just looking back on the last month with everybody, I was wondering, am I ever going to go back and f- finish this now? Not certainly not complete the list. I was never interested in that in the achievements section of it, but uh, just beat it. And I think there are a lot of reasons for me to go back and like the game does drive you to finish it off but weird weirdly enough my lasting impression of this game was maybe i should try the surge <laughs> i know that kind of sounds damning on the the episode where we're focusing on dark souls to say hey this other souls like game might be the one for me but i actually see it as as a huge uh positive and and something that i really really appreciate dark souls did for me and this was kind of my main takeaway was basically it was a game i never wanted to play and i never would have played had we not put it on the list and had it not won and i'll probably even even fight against putting any of the sequels on the list on future polls maybe maybe you'll present a good argument enough for me to to agree with that but as straining as it is and as stressful as it can be and as problematic i found the stray demon to be i don't know if i'll ever go back and beat it but i think it taught me something about games basically where when when i see a game you know kind of like a don't judge a book by its cover thing i can think of a lot of other games that i've like sworn to never play because of dark souls because of playlist i'm finding myself wondering how many of those games would I, if not like or love, at least come away appreciating a lot about them. You know, like now I'm thinking of playing Nier Automata, which was, a, you know, it's a PlayStation game. I never wanted to play it, but it's it's about AI and robots and that's something I love. And, and But I didn't want to play it because of the gameplay. And now Dark Souls basically taught me to give things a chance more often. You, I don't know, it might manifest in the way that we organize our future playlist polls. Maybe I won't as stubborn towards certain games. Like that's why I was saying earlier, for me, there was like a lot of meta analysis of Dark Souls. It wasn't so much what the game did but it was like what the game did for me in terms of how i play games basically it sort of opened my eyes to giving things a chance more sorry if i just drifted far away from your original point <laughs> you didn't even address it i think we can agree that a lot of players give up on this game very very quickly right and yeah, so yeah. I, I was working through the i mean the obvious answer is that it's really difficult but there's plenty of difficult games and fr- 
Wrinkly games that are much more difficult than Dark Souls. Dark Souls isn't, and I realize that to anyone this quits, I'm just going to sound like an ass, but it's not that hard. It's really not. And I think that it's high difficulty at the beginning is only part of what makes it so hard to approach. Obviously, you know, the world, there's no, basically no story that doesn't help it at all. But I think the atmosphere and its isolation and the loneliness and just how grim and dark and, you know, sad the whole world is, whenever you're exploring a world, you're going to start feeling those same sort of emotions. So I think the game forces those emotions on you and then at the same time just beats you down with what seems like relentless difficulty over and over and over again as you learn how to make it through the game. And so even though most of the time, you know, you die to an enemy, the next time you come to it, you'll do better. If you don't actually kill it, you'll have a much better idea. And it usually only takes a few deaths, at least for normal enemies, a few deaths at most to really get them down. Yes, I understand how to beat this and now I can move past it. But when the game's making you do that over and over again, and when you feel so grim and sad due to the atmosphere, I think it drives you to not want to play it. So my question to you was, do you agree with that? Do you think that that is a primary factor or am I reading too much into it? Yeah, I could agree with that analysis. Personally, for me, that's the sadness aspect of it. I I appreciate that's, I don't know, that's just something I like in games. There's a lot of games, a lot of my favorite games maybe don't do it as well because Dark Souls does it especially well and and especially differently. Certainly the way that it just continues to punish people, you're you're saying that's what drives people away, right? I'm saying, you know, the punishment drives people away, but there's other games that, like take Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden is extremely difficult, the original Xbox game, and and Ninja Gaiden 2 also. I will say certainly a lot more difficult than Dark Souls is. It's it's the same general kind of combat, and Dark Souls is like baby mode compared to Ninja Gaiden. Seriously, it it is a lot easier. However, Ninja Gaiden is more approachable because it's a positive environment and you know you're playing a cool character and it's flashy and it's exciting and it's a lot of things that Dark Souls isn't. Uh, Dark Souls embraces a lot of negative things intentionally negative emotions and that kind of thing whereas Ninja Gaiden embraces a lot of positive ones and so I think that drives people to want to complete Ninja Gaiden more and then you know overcome its challenges and so even though that those challenges were really actually higher than Dark Souls was, Dark Souls sees more people quit simply because all of these negative emotions, which I, I agree, I really liked those in the game and I think it was interesting. Most games definitely do not do that and maybe it's for this reason. You know, maybe it's a good reason that they don't if they want people to stick around and play them. But I, I think those negative emotions cause people to not want to play Dark Souls, you know, subconsciously, of course. Nobody's saying, you know, it's a sad game, therefore I don't want to play it. But I think it colors how they see the game. Like I said, I, I like the sadness aspect of it. Yeah, maybe it is subconsciously that's part of what drove me away ultimately or well i would say more of the stray demon but <laughs> yeah it's it's hard for me to put myself in that place because because i do enjoy that sadness aspect of it but i think you've stumbled on like a really nuanced and interesting point i'm, I'm just trying to process it real time on the show it's not the best time to do it i guess sorry <laughs> but I did have f- feedback that sort of touches on that i'll read it now from beta sig x20 another uh, frequent flyer for us i don't know if he really commented on the sadness portion of it that you're bringing up that sort of subconscious B-Town that Dark Souls gives you and it sort of just like changes your mood for the worst to where it feels no longer like beneficial to play this game. It, it almost feels like not work because for some people it's certainly not work and I think for everybody it's it's maybe just an obtuse game it, when it's never it's never work. <laughs> I'm just trying to re- relate it to something else but I, I don't know of anything else that really does it like you kind of said. But anyways, let me read Beta 6 because he sort of touches on the same point. Oh, he said a lot of awesome stuff. I just took out this one portion. Most will turn back before they get to see any of the best parts of Dark Souls and that's a shame, but it seems like that was almost by design. It's almost like the first few hours of the game are a sort of initiation test into a secret society. And if you show enough skill and determination to make it past that, then you're allowed to start to see the wonders and mysteries beyond the gate. I feel like that sort of touches on what you were saying. Again, it doesn't account for your especially um, poignant point about uh, like the subconscious alterations that <laughs> Dark Souls can have on a person. And I hadn't thought of that, so forgive me if I'm stumbling, but I, like I said before, I'm just sort of processing it now. I think it's a, it rings true, even though for me personally, I like that portion of it, but I could see that obviously being something that's pushing others away. Yeah. I, I, you know, Beta Sig's point, I guess, really backs up what I said earlier about the game trying to be overly difficult at the beginning. I do think that that's definitely true. And like I said, I compared it to Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden kind of does the same thing. These games are both maybe not necessarily trying to be difficult at the beginning. They're just trying to be difficult in general. So Dark Souls isn't trying to create a wall and then it just gets easier afterwards. It's just that you have this basically like a cliff in the difficulty curve right at the beginning, well, an uphill cliff, and you have to climb up to the top 
of it. And then once you get there, the game sort of just clicks. And at that point, you know, you really can can finally appreciate everything it's trying to do. But before that, it, it kind of sucks. And, you know, like I said, to anyone that quit that's listening to this, I was there, you know, years ago, I think in like 2013 when I played Dark Souls for the first time. I really did. I hated this game. I thought it was a terrible game. And that's because I never got over that difficulty curve. The combat's hard. The game doesn't at all tell you where to go, really. I'm I'm sure some, you know, lore heavy people will disagree with that. But realistically, it doesn't tell you where to go. Not in any way that anyone normally expects a game to do. There's no waypoints, not even a quest log that you can read to get a general idea for. You literally got to talk to someone and remember what they said and then draw some kind of obscure references from random exploration to kind of figure out what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and I think that's that is very poor design. Frankly, I, I understand Dark Souls was intentionally doing that and it was really bad. I also remember when I first played, I didn't know how to cast spells at all. I didn't realize I needed an item for it. I got these multiplayer items. I didn't know how to use them. The game doesn't explain anything to you. It is so intentionally obtuse that I, I think it really hurts the game. And again, you know, some people really appreciate that. And I think that goes back to what Beta Sig said. I think those people get gratification and, and naturally there's nothing wrong with this, but I think they get gratification from having overcome all this and finally gain that understanding. And so therefore they really like it. But I think it, it's not good by itself. If any game that had mediocre combat and a mediocre world had done this, everyone would hate it. It would be forgotten and no one would be trying to redeem it at all. And whereas with Dark Souls, it does this. And I think because of the world, because of the combat and because of the lore, people are willing to overlook, you know, the things it does very poorly, which is at the beginning, drive everyone away. Yeah, I, I recall a point early in the month. Like I said, I missed I missed pretty much the first week of playing time with the community. When I got back, I sat down with it. I finally had time, played it for several hours, felt totally lost. I think I got up to the Taurus demon using the guide, but I still wasn't grasping it yet. And there were so many systems and items. And I, I just, you know, I didn't have a handle on any of it. And I went to the Discord chat that we have that um, you and Will and I all organized playlists and everything. And I don't have the quote from myself, but I'm pretty sure I said directly, I will never forgive Kevin, <laughs> you, <laughs> for, for suggesting that we play Dark Souls. Because at the time, I was so lost and so broken down by the game, first couple hours, you know? I'm not just someone in the forums that can like step away. Like eventually I'm going to have to be on the <laughs> podcast and talk all about this game. And I was so stuck and so screwed and I felt so hopeless. I was just like, oh, this is all Kevin's fault. We shouldn't have put this on there. You know, I didn't just say that to Will in secret or something. I said that directly to you so I we could discuss it. it. Yeah, and, he definitely uh, said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but then we spent the next however long at first, a couple minutes and then probably several more times throughout the month where I was like, hey, how about this? Hey, I'm stuck on this. Hey, what does this thing do? What? How do I do this? I've got to thank you. Like, seriously, you, you actually held my hand um, digitally, I guess, and walked me through so much of what I didn't understand about the game to the point where I was able to get over that hump with most of the rest of the community. And that's when I saw it all like come into place. And then, you know, eventually I still got stuck in a boss and that's too bad. I, th I think that can still easily happen to plenty of people who do get over that initial hump. And I was just one of those unfortunate people. But I guess that's what I will always remember most about Dark Souls is, like I said earlier, it basically told me to give more games a chance and getting over that initial hump of like discomfort and unfamiliarity because this, this is never a game I would have played otherwise. You put it on there. I wanted to kill you for it at first. And then I was actually thankful to both you and Dark Souls for um, sort of showing me the ropes and, and just approaching games, you just weird games that you wouldn't otherwise play. I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm repeating myself, but <laughs> you know, I want to talk about the gameplay and a lot of people say that this game is tough, but fair. You know, everyone says, you know, the game's really hard, but if you die, it's always your fault. Does that ring true to you? Yeah. When you die, is it always your fault? Uh, yes, only because the game wanted, very clearly wanted to confuse the hell out of people. Like I said, if you don't play this without a guide, I think it's much harder because you could just right off the bat go to the wrong area. Like a lot of, you know, it's not like, it's not linear. There's a lot of places you could choose to go to first and certain areas are not welcoming for, for new players and low level players. But if we call that part of the game's design and part of its like learning curve, then yeah, I guess it's always your fault. I mean, it is, it's almost cheating for them to like <laughs> let you walk into like a, a trap that you'll never overcome. I mean, I, I could see some people walking in, I forget the names of the areas, but you can, is it Blight Town maybe? Or like where, where, where the ghosts That's are? A, you could go down I, there. I, yeah. Isn't that open immediately? Yeah, it is. And actually the first time I played a game, I, like many people, I'm sure, headed right on in there because you really, you really got two places yeah. you can go from Fire 
Skylink Shrine. You can go up where you're supposed to go, or you can go yeah, to yeah. the graveyard, which you need higher level weapons, you know, divine weapons really to kill those skeletons. Otherwise, they will continually respawn. I don't know if you encountered that, but even if you do manage to kill these, they just keep coming back. And you're first starting the game. That's going to make no sense. The game does not, I, I won't say it doesn't tell you that you need to use divine weapons to kill these to stop them from respawning, but I mean, it doesn't tell you. Not really. And so, <laughs> you know, I realistically, 99.9% of players are not going to know that. It might be obscurely listed in some item description. I don't know. But, you know, if, if you don't find that one item that tells you that, you're never going to know. And so you're going to approach this area that, you know, one has enemies you're really supposed to be higher level for it anyway. But, you know, even that would be okay, except for the fact that they continually respawn and you will eventually just die and you'll have lost potentially hours and hours and hours of, of work because the game didn't tell you. And I think that's what my response to the tough but fair thing would have been that, you know, in general, on an enemy by enemy basis, yes, the game is fair. You know, if you die to an enemy, it was always your fault. There's always something that you can do. The attacks, I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with action games, but action games, if they're done well, they always choreograph enemies' attacks very well so that if you're quick, you can read what's going to happen and react to it. Games that, I mean, and just imagine an action game where, you know, an enemy does the exact same animation and then it's one of two completely different attacks that are countered in different ways. It wouldn't be fair at all because you just have to guess and you'd have a 50-50 shot at guessing correctly, you know, what you needed to do to avoid this attack. Dark Souls doesn't do that. Each enemy is choreographed really well and so if you're good enough, you're always able to overcome anything and that's why people do you know level one runs and that kind of thing it's it's possible because the game is fair enough to be able to do that but it's not fair in the fact that it doesn't tell you what to do like when you get down and you're approaching the capper demon early on in the game you're just walking down and then suddenly the doors open and assassins jump out and they stab you in the back and was that fair could you have reacted to it yes if you were using the walkthrough you knew that they were going to be there and so you maybe didn't but anyone without a walkthrough is going to walk down that hallway. Doors have never opened ever in the game. And suddenly they're going <laughs> to and enemies are going to jump out, three of them at once, and murder you. And you're going to die. For sure, you're dead. And it's hard to say that that was fair. Because the game didn't choreograph the fact that those enemies were there. And maybe, you know, another helpful player left like some kind of obscure message. Since I don't know if you tried to leave messages on the ground. But it's not like you can write a customized message, really. You just have to pick like certain words that you're able to use use so you know they put like trap ahead maybe if, if you're lucky someone has recently done that yeah but yeah. you know what is that trap you don't know so even if you're walking carefully you're probably gonna still get murdered by that trap because again enemies are gonna spawn behind you while one spawns in front of you so that's what you're focused on you get stabbed in the back by two enemies at once it's over it's hard to define who is at fault when we're talking about it's always your fault when you die in the game because i guess we both said it. it's it's the game's deliberate design so it's it's not it's not the result of you could say good or bad design but it's it's deliberate it's purposefully designed that way it's it's kind of a weird gray area for me to determine fault it's like a like an insurance claim like who is at fault in these situations is it is it from software or is it the player i know i think the community by and large certainly the fans i don't know how the playlist community feels because i think a lot of people were playing it for the first time but the dark souls fans will always say like you said that it's never the game's fault and i don't know for me it's a bit grayer than that i think i mean i guess another example of that is you know while you're talking about the stray demon, so you'll be familiar with this. If you're reading the walkthrough, you knew it was there. <laughs> you knew familiar. when you walk back into this area, if you walk into the middle of the floor, the ground will break and you will be with this demon. So you knew to walk around the room and go to the bonfire, whatever. Anyone else, this is an area you've already been in if you somehow managed to get back, which was, by the way, really obscure. I don't know how you're supposed to learn how to get back from there. It's ridiculous. But you come back, this is an area you've been in before, and you know you can just walk across this path. You've already killed the boss here everything looks safe. You know, you might be looking for enemies on the sides, but there's not going to be anything that you can't see coming for you. And then the floor breaks beneath you and you're suddenly in a boss fight with a much harder version of the demon you already killed. And that wasn't fair to you. It, it just wasn't. There is no way that you could have known that that was going to happen. So while each enemy I think is fair, and I I think it is fair to say that the game is, is fair as far as, you know, fighting one-on-one -on -one or even two-on-one -on -one or whatever, but the way the world is laid out is 
not fair. It is littered with traps that you have often no way to know are there. Literally no way to know are there. And so you can do nothing but trip over them, probably die, or at least lose a ton of life, and then learn from your mistakes and do better next time. Because once you know these are there, you can't avoid them and you can get through them. That, though, is is not fair. It's the way the game designed, and that's fine. But I, I do say, think when people say the game is tough but fair, that they are wrong. And that the game's world and the design of the world is intentionally very, very unfair. I do have one quote from a community member about this, Grand Noble, who I actually played co-op with. He was a great guy. He was really fun. Uh, in future, anyone that ever wants to do co-op in any of these games, I'm happy to do it with you. But he had something to say that kind of touches on what I was just saying. And he said, Dark Souls tries its hardest to get you to rage quit at the beginning before ever experiencing what the game really is. And he goes on and looks back and says, Undead Parish, it seemed hard and he died so many times, but now it's it's not difficult at all. And then he, he says that he pushed through it and loved every minute of it so far, even when his hands were shaking and sweating and his blood pressure was raging through the roof when fighting a new boss and holding 30,000 souls. He notes he's lost so many souls in the game. He said it really feels like his fault every time. You learn, you grow, you get good. And I think he is... The slogan. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's You died and get good are, are the slogans of Dark Souls. It is fair in the enemies and especially the bosses. It, it is your fault when you die. And so I, I think at least as far as game design goes and combat design goes, the game should definitely be commended there. And I, as someone who really, really looks at the gameplay and the combat above almost anything else in any game I'm playing, I really appreciate that fact. Yeah, I, th- I think you nailed it. Moment to moment, like encounter to encounter. Once you're in the thick of it, I think it's it's well organized and it's telegraphed enough that you can act and counteract smartly and and well enough. Obviously, I'm not the best poster child for that, having been telegraphed that the stray demon is going to do that stupid stomp move and it still killed me time after time. But, but yeah, I, outside of encounters, I guess, is, is when the game's not always as fair. But it, it, it doesn't control particularly poorly. I mean, I know some people would get frustrated like early on right at the parish when you go up those stairs and fight all those the skeleton dudes <laughs> I forget their names you can roll off the stairs right there to your death and that surely doesn't feel good especially as it's within the first hour of the game but considering that it's from 2011 it doesn't control poorly you can't really blame the controls or the control scheme really there is just a bit of a, a gray area for me <laughs> when like you said it's like they're trying to trick you constantly and I think at the same time you know even if we might have some some problems with that that is ultimately what makes Dark Souls special in the eyes of so many like like we've heard from in the forums like without that aspect of it that that punishing like never knowing what's next aspect Dark Souls is maybe just another hard game you know like if, if it was linear or if, if it explained itself better it would just be a really difficult game that people would probably still like but the fact that it's just so obtuse that's just polarizing to the in, the entirety of gaming people in, in the world basically anyone who plicks, picks up this game is either gonna probably love that or hate that yeah, I and, think I mean to be fair reading the feedback and in personal discussions I've had I think your enjoyment in this game is directly tied to how far you get into the game. It seems like literally everyone, at least in the forums and everyone that I talk to, if you push far enough, you will eventually like this game, if not love it. It it is so difficult at the beginning and so it just turns off so many people, but there really is so much to love about it once you push that far. Found one guy who who kind of summarizes that uh, Saban Rothschild. He said that it's it's not a hard game. It's just unforgiving. I don't necessarily enjoy having to be on my guard every second, but there's something empty about the end game with all the bosses and mini bosses gone that's maybe happy to finish and restart it twice. So, I mean, he's saying, and he also actually, you know, mentions the beautiful locations and the ways the levels are put together, and it's really satisfying to unpick and explore, and he liked watching Solaire's disillusionment, uh, which I actually didn't get to experience because for whatever reason, I missed something with him, so it's just, you know, that part's gone from the game for me. But, I mean, basically, he's saying that he, he doesn't necessarily enjoy certain parts of it, but going through it is so enjoyable that you just want to do it again. Once you finish and there's nothing left for you to do, you just want to start again. And that's true. And I think that's a testament to how good the world is and how good the combat is that as soon as you're done, most games, you defeat all the bosses, you end the game and and you're done. You think, okay, I completed this story. Everything's good. But in Dark Souls, so many people just play over and over again, new game plus one, two, three, four, five, six. And I, I guess that's, like I said, just a testament to how good the combat really is and how good the world is yeah and finding finding shortcuts i thought was was super satisfying too you know you'd go on this this long like 90 minute section of the game 
where you're clearing out new areas that you haven't been to before and the guide might tell you pick up this key along the way or maybe you picked it up hours hours before that and, and eventually you open this door with that key that you've had on your on your person for so long and you head up the stairs or down the stairs wherever it's leading and suddenly you find yourself back somewhere familiar and you're like at least for me I think this is true for a lot of people you're like I had no idea I was right here the whole time you know yeah the <laughs> ability to connect everything to Firelink Shrine especially is just pretty incredible you know like how all this stuff connects to each other it, it just feels kind of amazing I was I'm definitely impressed by how interconnected the world feels and I, I think almost everyone is really you know as soon as you find those shortcuts it just feels awesome to have done so yeah and somebody posted very early in the month probably one of even the first forum posts like a fan art it almost looked like like a level from fez or something it was like a faux 3d sort of drawing of the the entire world map but it was basically like one long like i remember it, it was, what's the it word it's like a vertical drawing with <laughs> like an orlando at the top and then all the way down to the bottom and it, it gave you like a good sense of like how everything was connected within the world yeah that was i can't think of another game that's like designed that way in terms of like its world and level design that maybe maybe the rest of the series does the same maybe bloodborne as well i'm not sure but i just thought like right away that was early in the month even even at a time when i was still frustrated with the game i was like okay i've got to admit that's that's pretty freaking awesome like, yeah just to look at it from from that from that angle it was, it was fan art it, it wasn't official art or anything but i'm sure it was accurate and I, it was just so cool to see how it's all just like vertical in that way yeah, it, it definitely was and one other quote that you had collected and i'd actually seen that and mentally noted that i wanted to use it and a lot of people said something similar but i i just thought it was funny and it's not really relevant to anything we're talking about but jam pound 32 it said dark souls the cure for low blood pressure and oh yeah I, I got a kick out of that one so i i wanted to make sure i shared that it, it definitely this is a very tense game and it, as you're playing it you definitely will have your blood pressure rise either anger at dying or even just like fear you know this is not a scary game we'll play a scary game next month but as you're approaching especially if you go forward without a walkthrough and there are parts of the i mean i use the walkthrough generally but i did go through the game kind of trying to you know at least move forward generally without knowing where to go so i'd i'd follow the walkthrough to know in the area to be at but then kind of go through that area myself and discover the enemies so doing that you have to move so carefully around you know every corner shield up slowly peek around it you know is there an enemy there doesn't look like it keep going and it, it's so tense and it feels so exciting as you move forward that just another thing about this game i think really really works we had a lot of new names in the forums this month too kind of like last month the last two months have been bigger than any before it i think they both have you know life is strange for august and dark souls now i think they both have very dedicated fan bases that that came out of the woodwork for for playlists i wanted to read a few new names that we haven't had in the show before aka dad 555 said what i like most about dark souls are all the wow moments like when the asylum demon drops down the first time you find a mimic or when you first see an orlando also the satisfaction of beating most of the bosses after multiple attempts yelling yes after delivering the fatal blow to am i pronouncing this right is it smo i i don't know i said like smog, smog but i mean i i didn't get it right probably smog. Just say smog. yeah you know, whatever <laughs> yeah it's like yeah that guy <laughs> fatal blow to the really challenging boss that everyone remembers uh, whose whose name we don't know how to properly pronounce with half a life bar and no estus flasks left I, I can't remember another game that rewarding that's sort of how i felt you know i just played cuphead for review i got the same sense there that a lot of people did with dark souls and and like i do with dark souls for that matter which is when you finally get over that hump like not the exposition introductory hump of dark souls that we've already spoken at length about but like just boss to boss if one of them has you beat for a while and you finally get over it that is one of the most rewarding feelings as well oh we did have a lot of this feedback was positive but we did have one that was kind of negative from mental night five he or she um was sort of disputing the fact that disputing the opinion of a lot of people that say it's always your fault when you die he or she went on a long rant i i didn't pull all that out. I don't mean to say rant like in a derogatory way. It just, you know, he was, he or she was venting. So, but then they said, you can say I'm not learning my lesson. I'm playing wrong. I'm stupid. I'm a bad gamer. I'm not a real gamer. I'm impatient. I'm distracted. You can say absolutely anything you want about me. And some of it is true, but you can't say Dark Souls deaths aren't absolutely devastating when that bloodstain held so much. No single death in Super Meat Boy erases hours of progress. <laughs> and that is actually very true. And I, I guess that really that goes back to my point earlier that that, well, maybe not totally to my point earlier, but some of these deaths are not fair. And in that way, I think this game doesn't succeed it completely. If it had somehow managed to erase those, I think the game would have been better. But then maybe not. Maybe disappointing unfair deaths are a part of what makes the game special.
special. Yeah, for, for me, the, the reason I, I realized, I, I kind of mentioned The Surge earlier, which was like a Souls-like game that recently came out from Focus Home, and I never really explained why. Basically, my thoughts there were that the, the few things that Souls didn't draw me in with, like, I, I don't care about fantasy that much, but I really like sci-fi, and that's, I don't, I, I really hate playing games with a guide, like when I have to just watch a video or read a guide, as fantastic as Clowntastic's uh, guide is, I just, in general, usually playing with a guide, for me, hurts the experience overall, because I'd rather just play it not having to pause constantly and see which, you know, five steps to take next. Ultimately, I felt that that was kind of crucial to do that with Dark Souls, because it's so obtuse, like we said, but I think I would probably like the Surge better, and it's part of what I was saying also, is how Dark Souls turned me on to different games, because rather, uh, it's sci-fi, it's robots, it's AI, and stuff like that, that's more up my alley. And then, I think you've said it's not, or rather, it is more linear, and I'd kind of appreciate that, just because I won't have to, like, be so dedicated to the guy. Yeah, I, I did write um, the review for The Surge, and it, to anybody interested in it now, based on what Mark's been saying, it is definitely more linear. I did play through it, obviously, pre-release, before even a video embargo lifted, so it was literally all on my own. It doesn't have co-op or any of that stuff, so I had to figure everything out, and it's not a linear game. It does try to do what Dark Souls does with, like, the connected world, but the game tells you better where you need to go. So, well, I won't say you'll never be, but I often do not like exploring, so I tend to get stuck, and I didn't really have that issue with the surge. I will say that the combat hmm. is not even really close to as good, but it's still a fun game, and Dark Souls is a very high bar as far as combat goes, in my opinion, so saying that it's not as good as Dark Souls is not necessarily saying that the game is therefore not worthy of your time, because if you enjoyed Dark Souls at all, and maybe you just want you know something a little more linear, a little more fair, and a little more sci-fi, then The Surge would be probably a very good pick for you. Yeah, Chewy on Ice in the forums, he had something to say sort of about how Souls-like is its own subgenre now, which is in retrospect, it should have been obvious that that was going to happen, just like PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds is now experiencing. When you do something new that's awesome, be prepared for a bunch of copycats. <laughs> Chewy and I said, yes, it's challenging, but it's also very rewarding. When a few small steps forward become big leaps back, it can be frustrating, but the effort and perseverance needed makes the eventual successes feel earned. I'm also not surprised that it's become its own subgenre slash mechanic with Souls-like bandied around with increasing regularity to describe new IPs. And this was a couple, I think this was a couple days or weeks ago. He said, I still don't think I'm going to be able to finish it. <laughs> in, in parentheses, I still suck and things are only going to get harder. <laughs> but I'm very happy to have gone much further than before to really peel away and understand why the game is as loved as it is and to say I've experienced it when I could only say before that I'd tried it. Kind of encapsulates my feelings too. I, I don't know if I ever will beat it, but um, for, for so many reasons that I've already stated and probably some that I'll forget to ever state on the show, I, I do appreciate so much about what it does and what it tries to be. And it definitely found its own cozy place in the game industry. I think it's really cool that it exists and that so many games now are trying to do as well at what it does as as it originally did. Yeah, I did want to talk a little bit about the actual PvP battles. I don't think you experienced those, did you? No idea how. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I basically... I knew it had something to do with some of the items or... Yeah, it, and maybe that's another negative to the game because it's actually really cool. And I posted a story in the forums, but basically anyone can... <laughs> yeah, invade, I follow. Yeah, anyone can invade you if you're a human and, you know, they meet certain requirements. So I was just playing along, you know, when I finally got to Orlando, I was finally just staying human for a while and I got invaded and, you know, I was in the middle of a fight and then, you know, a fight that I could definitely handle and I was doing well, carefully, slowly taking these big enemies down the first time I'd seen them. And then suddenly this guy teleports in and he immediately starts blowing me up with his spells. And so I had to run away, almost died. And then, you know, we had a duel. Eventually I won, uh, but the winning is not really what makes it so special. It was just so exciting that, you know, another player was able to just come into my single player game and really change completely what I was doing and how I approached it. I did encounter him a few more times, luckily defeated him every time, but I had so much fun doing it. And then I was immediately inspired to invade someone else. And that guy saw me coming for him and he immediately turned around and ran and we just chased each other throughout the level until he fell off an edge and died. I feel like it was a great experience and it's not, since the combat is, is so good, it really worked. You can really go into a duel with someone, you know, later on when I, I started invading people, you know, every so often and later on for an achievement, you do have to do it. So I would invade these people and we'd have, you know, real duels, real exciting fights. It kind of reminded me of For Honor, which I haven't actually played, but you know, maybe if you guys have, I'm right. But you know, just like back and forth, trying to counter <laughs> each other, trying to block, find the right opening. And it just 
worked. Yeah, your videos, your videos did resemble it. I played the beta, so I can say with with some certainty that it definitely had some of that DNA yeah, there. And I just really, I didn't want to leave this podcast without saying that the PvP is just really, really excellent. And I know it, Dark Souls One and all the Dark Souls really still have PvP communities, especially three. I see people in my friends list all the time hopping into Dark Souls just to do some more PvP in Dark Souls Three, especially. And I think that the game, while it is clearly a single player franchise really doesn't get enough credit for how good its multiplayer really is and so even when someone invades you and you die it doesn't feel really bad i mean unless they keep doing it over and over again but i mean you have ways to stop them so it, it feels good and it works and you know same with the the co-op and like i said i i went with grand noble and i was he didn't necessarily need help with the boss but i needed to do it for one of the covenants i needed to help people i partied up with him and you know we went and killed a boss and it was really exciting and quite frankly a lot of fun i do think that playing on xbox one probably made it a little less good because we could talk in party and normally on the 360 the game would automatically close if you were in a party so that you couldn't talk to your friends while you did this and i, I really like that i wish i could have experienced that but even what i did experience was just really really excellent and overall i'm just really delighted by the multiplayer in this game and i don't think it gets any credit for it or at least not nearly as much and it should so my question not having experienced it maybe you can help me understand so is the pvp mode like being invaded can you be invaded but that person just chooses not to attack you is, it, is that all the same mode or no so it, well, is it I mean, separate no if someone invades you they can't affect your world at all they can just attack you your enemies won't attack them they can't mm -hmm. attack your enemies so they can't help you they can just hunt oh, you down okay. and kill you so you know right away uh, when yeah, someone it, it jumps in with you whether they're warning friend or that no. says you know invader detected or something like that and so you don't know where they are and they can come at you from any direction and that's what makes it awesome because you know you'll be in the middle like i said when i was fighting that guy he literally his spawn point happened to be like literally right next to me especially the second time i killed him i don't know if you watched that video but i got that notice i wasn't in combat then i literally just walked up to where he was going to spawn and as soon as he spawned then started killing him but most <laughs> of the time you're not going to be right next to that spawn so you know the player's going to spawn and you know in my experience you know when i would spawn and invade someone else i'd have to look around figure out what enemies were killed so i could kind of pinpoint where the player was currently and then stalk them so they're going to be obviously on their guard they're going to stop progressing and maybe move back a little bit to a defensive position and so you need to figure out how to get them and you know maybe try to wait them out you know as they kind of give up and go exploring a little bit to try to figure out where you are maybe they think that you left or something and so it makes it really really fun kind of like at least at the beginning a game of cat and mouse and then once you finally engage with each other you know a real fun duel also the co-op you know what you were asking about co-op is separate when you become human people can invade you you don't get any choice in that or you can summon people you might have summoned an npc to help with a boss fight it's the same kind of thing people can put down their little summon sign anywhere and then you can just summon them free of charge to you and then they can be there which also means and this isn't what i got to experience but you can have somebody helping you in co-op and then maybe one or even two people invade you at the same time and then suddenly you have this four player duel that's going on that is just kind of awesome and uh, like i said i don't think the game gets nearly enough credit for how successful that really is yeah it's i didn't realize until i guess maybe even this month that what watchdogs does with its online component its sort of pvp component is basically just what dark souls was already doing for years yeah, and and frankly not quite as good and i did play watchdogs 2 first yeah, and yeah. i really liked it there i thought that was innovative and now i see you know this is what it clearly was inspired by and i'm glad what that's in watchdogs 2 it definitely made the game better and you know i really enjoyed it here too i thought it worked really well so anyway closing thoughts finally uh let's do the stats real quick there were about 900 players uh that played dark souls this month with us at least that earned achievements in dark souls with us uh, you know there were plenty of people in the forums as well that had already completed it and then there were 230 people that started it i was one of those i think mark was too maybe or maybe he started it a little bit early yeah i was my first achievement popped in august so i'm not counted there but i'm number 236 i guess <laughs> all right and then you know 59 completed it this is a long completion that other people can help you with to speed it up but if you do it by yourself it's two and a half playthroughs so it is long and so 59 isn't really outrageous there was a hundred thousand gamer score for a two hundred and fifteen thousand true achievement score which is our proprietary scoring method and i think I, I don't know how that compares to other games we played i imagine it's it's somewhat lower i mean frankly this game yeah, i played like what 35 40 hours and only got 500 gamer score so it's not incredibly giving as far as that goes so i, I think that's yeah. 
that's fair. <laughs> and then uh, I, like I said, I personally earned 500 gamer score. How much did you get, Mark? A lowly five for. Well, I can't see it here because it's only showing. It says four for 60, but that's not true because I got one more in August. So that plus <laughs> whatever the one in August oh, like, was worth, basically like nothing. Like I said, I never even looked at the list. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think overall it was a good month. And that was about 20 hours of playing. So yeah, <laughs> and so uh, no, I, I know you've already answered this. I had some questions lined up. Do you understand why this is popular now? I think we we both understand why this is popular, right? It, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> and then I wouldn't even call myself a fan of it personally. And there's just a lot to appreciate yeah, here. You and know? then do you regret it? I think no. You already said you don't regret it now. You started to at the beginning, but, but now you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize I answered your questionnaire throughout <laughs> yeah, this episode. I never saw that okay. far. <laughs> I, I guess really the next question is: Would you play a sequel? Yeah. I was I was thinking about that. I figured that was at the end of our of our rundown, so I didn't address it earlier. But I don't know because you know we already lost Will for this month. I don't know if we could do that to him again. On my own, will I play a sequel? Only if my backlog is empty, I guess. Because like towards the end of a console generation, I'll have time, and that's when I often go back and play a lot of my favorites from that generation. But in place of replaying something, maybe I would try. Well, I'd probably honestly jump right to three. I've heard two is a bit different because it had a different director while he was doing Bloodborne, and three is the newest, anyways. Honestly, part of what was difficult about this game is that it's because it's so old and it's on last gen. I think having uh, having the most modern version of Dark Souls might be a little bit more enticing. Yeah. So maybe is my answer. <laughs> and I, for all the month, I was actually saying no. Like I will say, I do understand why this is popular now, obviously, and I definitely don't regret it. I thought for sure once it got voted in, you know, like I said, I was looking forward to it with dread, not with like any kind of positive thoughts. But I am so glad overall I got to play this. Like, <laughs> Says the person who demanded yeah, it be on the poll. I, I was making a sacrifice for everyone. I thought this would be a worthy discussion. No, and, I know. Yeah, I it, was, say, it was a worthy yeah, sacrifice. I was, I was right. I think the discussion was excellent. But like, honestly, this game is so, so good. I've been telling some other people, um, but I'll say it here. First, when you start playing the game, it's it really is kind of bad. And then by the time, you know, you get to Sif, which is right about where Mark was, you start to realize, okay, this game is is actually pretty good. And, and I was actually exactly the thoughts you're given right now. That's where I was at Sif. So I would encourage you to play again, because once I got to Anne Orlando and started playing through that, I, I suddenly realized that this game is not just good. It is really, really excellent. So I I would strongly encourage you, Mark, to try to play more, especially now while it's still fresh. And even if you just use a walkthrough, it doesn't matter. Try to help however I can. But like I said, I was at the exact same spot as you in terms of how I thought about the game. And it, it really does get a lot better even from where you are now. So as far as you've come, you're only like halfway to really appreciating what this game has to offer. And so, I mean, hmm. I guess I will leave it, you know, would I play a sequel? Maybe. It's a lot of commitment to play one of these games, especially since I like to complete most games and I'd probably try to complete Dark Souls. I will say like, you know, Code Vein coming out, I will almost definitely buy that now. I assume Mark will not because it's it's anime-like. Yeah, yeah. But the surge, yeah. I might get the surge if it, when the price is low enough, I'll probably, I'll probably yeah. play it. And so, I mean, who knows, you know, obviously we did lose Will this month, so, you know, would Dark Souls 3, I think, <laughs> would be a win we would nominate. Will we ever do that? Maybe. You know, it, it would depend on, on Will's thoughts. Maybe if he had to step away for a month, you know, we could we could nominate Dark Souls 3 and it would be okay. <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, after listening to this, he will realize that maybe try again. Dark, I have heard Dark Souls 3 is a lot more forgiving. It's a lot more modern and, you know, while still hard, it's still a Dark hmm. Souls game. It's not, it's modern enough that it's not going to strictly, you know, just be constantly punishing you. So, you know, maybe he would have had a better experience if we played that in the first place. And, you know, I, I think a lot of this game is, like you said, so obtuse that it just makes it so hard to get into. And Dark Souls 3 maybe doesn't have that problem quite so much. It would be interesting for sure. So he'll probably be telling us later today or tomorrow when he's editing this. We're all horrible and that we're never allowed to do that to him. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know. Let us know. There's no chance. <laughs> we'll sure see. That's what he's going to say. But either way, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. I wouldn't put, you know, your hopes into it. But I, for one, at least would be happy to put it in a pull again and play Dark Souls 3 in general. I probably will play it at some point, I will say. And so let's leave it at that for Dark Souls and say farewell to it. But we do have next month, which now starts tomorrow for us recording today. And by the time you guys get this, Alien Isolations month in October has probably already started. So, Mark, you've played Alien Isolation. What are your your thoughts moving forward? What are you hoping from this month? I'm very excited for it when, you know, uh, I think somewhat famously, you've made it clear that you hate horror games. And this was like the scariest one you were allowing. Although I think we pulled a fast one on you because Alien Isolation is pretty terrifying. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. 
months and you'll you'll probably feel toward me how I felt toward you early on into the Dark Souls month. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it, it, it's really scary. I, yeah. I, I bought it on release day and then I bought it again on Xbox. Well, because I bought it on 360 when it first came out. So if you have if you can only play on last gen next month, it's still available there. You guys want to join us. So I played it through twice. I'm excited to play it through a third time. I was looking at the achievements. I don't think I'll even get any. Maybe one because I've already got most of them and the last few are really tough and I'm not going for them because the game is really scary <laughs> and I love horror games. But hopefully that doesn't turn anyone away. Hopefully we don't lose you in October. Yeah. <laughs> like we lost Will to Dark Souls. The only Souls. reason you lose me is because of UHH and I won't allow that to happen. I, okay. I will be playing through Alien Isolation and you know I don't think I've touched on it publicly but I do rather hate horror games. A few people were asking for Outlast like constantly and I just just know. Absolutely no that's never happening. But <laughs> well, I mean one I don't like being scared so I don't really get any joy from that but it's especially you know what I'm most afraid of are the things that are closer to reality or I guess closer to things that I could theoretically experience in my life so while I don't believe in ghosts or vampires or whatever you know have you in a haunted mansion I could be in an old mansion and so it's it's scarier and I, I think Alien might be hopefully you know obviously I haven't played it might be hopefully easier to swallow since I'm never going to be on a spaceship in the middle of space so that's what I'm hoping uh, but we'll have to still let your dreams die like yeah. that you could be an astronaut if you want to be <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess, whatever. Either way, I am excited for it. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I want to go into this with a good attitude. So I'm really hoping that I, I come to like it. But like I said, maybe. I, clearly, I basically completely flipped on Dark Souls. And so hopefully, you know, Alien Isolation will similarly be a great experience. Because by all accounts, it's a pretty fantastic game that is probably a bit underrated based on the responses to the voting. Anyway, that's next month. Again, thanks for joining us, everyone, as we say farewell to Dark Dark Souls. And as we always say, if you're enjoying this podcast at all, or honestly, even if you're not, we'd love to hear what you have to say, you know, certainly in the comments here on, on True Achievements, if that's where you're listening to this, but especially like on iTunes or anywhere that you get the podcast that you can rate us. We really appreciate it for whatever reason. iTunes ratings, you know, matter way too much, Mark says. So uh, we would like some iTunes reviews. If you guys are enjoying this, or again, even if you're not, come and review the podcast on iTunes. If you have some criticism, we we will try to address it. And you know, our goal is to make this podcast as good as possible for the community so that we can all enjoy it. So please go on iTunes and rate it. And again, even if you're not, we'd love to have any feedback you have, any way you can give it. We're happy to have it. So thanks for joining us, everyone, and see you next month. Bye. Bye.